Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Well, happy birthday. It's nice. It feels good. feels good to be here. feels good to honor our Savior together. And uh, just before we, we hit the word, I, I also just want to reiterate some of what has been said. Thank you, band. Beautiful job leading us in, in worship. Thank you. We, we, need to, we need to stop in life at times and celebrate. The challenges don't stop. So we need to find ways to stop amidst the challenges. The, the work before us as men and women of God, that work has not stopped. But to be able to stop and celebrate along the way, celebrate who he is relentlessly, celebrate those around us, celebrate the wins we've had so far, to stop and smell the roses. It's something that I probably don't do as naturally as I should, so I've had to learn to go to that space. And so can I encourage all of us that that celebration is a beautiful part of how God has wired us. He's woven us to work like this and, and he wants us to eat from the table he prepares for us, even in the presence of our enemies, even in the storm, the busyness, the clutter, the challenge, the whatever, but to find that table and eat and celebrate and I just before we before we go any further I want to honor your incredible pastors here as well and we have some uh, some flowers I think that are that are coming out thank you Dom and this is obviously just a a little symbol that Dom I think you just squeezed these out this morning right you thought in prayer and out they out they come and there's a there's a card with something lovely in there for you guys and and Pastor Nicole and Pastor Steve are two of the most incredible people that you could ever meet with a passion and a commitment to the cause of Christ through every season. And they could have easily stayed in position on our team and probably had about a third of the pressure that they now carry. And they could have lived out their years and they would have given glory to God and it would have been a much easier route. But God had something different in store. And, and so we want to celebrate again. People with the courage. And this is a, a shout out to all of us who are here that there would be the courage inside of us to live the call that he has for us. And, and we can make excuses and find an easy place to park ourselves and wrap spiritual language around our lethargy, or we can take steps of faith that cost us something because ultimately he led the charge and what Christianity looks like is Christ paid the price and showed us the model as we would pick up our cross now and follow him. And here are people who have time and time and time again, not just through years, but through decades have have done that and so I want to celebrate you guys as you follow Christ and you have some wonderful leaders to follow as they do follow Christ. So can we give it up for Pastor Stephen Nicole again? You guys are amazing. Amazing. And you you may notice Steve's shoes as well. I uh I I commented how I love the Reeboks. They look really good and Steve was like, "Yeah, it's cuz I forgot my shoes this morning." 
and I had to steal Connor's. So what a son, what a son, offering your shoes for your father. It's a... That's right, yeah. Honoring your father and mother comes with some pretty cool promises, so well done, mate. It's, um, well done, and, and, and not just your leaders here, but the team who have made this possible. Those of you who, I remember when we had our, our first little interest meetings at Hepburn Heights as we talked about this little seed that God had planted in our heart that we were going to plant a church north of where we were, and, and so we gathered people together, and we talked, and we prayed, and, and, uh, and so I remember having a word for George and Lotta many years ago that there's a church in you, and not having any idea what that meant, uh, but then this being part of the outworking uh, for this incredible couple and so many others. Rex, and Le- Rex is just relentlessly wonderful and relentlessly naughty. Uh, did not want to come and stand up the front here. So you're going to have a special podium in heaven. And everyone will be just going, whoa, the glory of God. And whoa, there's Rex. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work, but it'll be, uh, I'm sure it'll be fun. Heaven's going to be a blast. If we don't like partying, we, we better look out because heaven is a relentless party. You can't hang around pure love and pure joy and not party and there is just going to be this explosion of worship and joy anyway that's got nothing to do with this it's just um it's good good to have fun we're, we're gonna dive into the word of god here and i just uh in the few minutes we have together this morning i want to share from from john chapter 10 and this is the the passage of scripture where our purpose statement comes from. And I don't want us to have a shallow understanding of John 10.10 where Jesus gives life to the full comes from. I want there to be a breadth and a depth in that. So when we hear this purpose statement, that it resonates in a deep level and not just at an intellectual sense, but a, a spiritual sense, a relational sense where there is an experiential element where the Word of God has been meditated on and it, it becomes deep and real and alive inside of us like the food it was designed to be. And so as we, uh, you, can, you can open your Bibles to John, John 10, and we're going to read together shortly. And this is pulling together a couple of messages that I've just touched upon uh, recently at HH. And there's, there's years worth of preaching here, and we're just going to touch upon a couple of these thoughts. Before we do, Lord, as we come to your word, would you illuminate truth? Lord, would your truth rise above everything else that we would say or think? God, that you would help us see Jesus in the Word. Lord, that you would help us follow. Lord, that we make a commitment. We choose right here and right now again that we are a people who will listen for your voice and who will follow where you lead. Be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so as we're going to have a look in John 10 in a second. John 10 comes after John 9, which John 10 also comes before John 11. And in John, in the book of John, we have these seven miracles that 
that John has woven together and, and the purpose of the book of John is so that we would believe. We would believe in Jesus as the Messiah and who he is and, and what he has come to do. And we have John 9, there's a blind guy who encounters Jesus on the Sabbath. Jesus miraculously heals him and sight comes into these blind eyes. In John 11, we have Lazarus, guy who dies and Jesus calls for life to come back into this dead man. And, and we see Jesus bringing sight to the blind. We see Jesus releasing resurrection life. And right in between these two, we have life to the full described in this parable and three, three back-to-back parables that talk about Jesus predominantly in the context of shepherd and you and I in the context of sheep. It's pretty exciting to be a sheep, right? Sheep are known for their intelligence. They're incredible weapons in warfare. Sheep are known for inventions that are glorious. Here we are as sheep. And there is a humility that's required for you and I to live life to the full that he has provisioned. And this is hard for us in our humanity to actually bow our will to choose to bow our knee and, and declare, I am a sinner in need of a saviour. Isn't that right, Sister Eden? <laughs> Was it Brother Sean? It's, uh, good work, brother. So Jesus performs this miracle in John 9. Sight, boom, blind man, now he can see. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, there's just this argument that breaks out around nuances here, around this is on a Sabbath, and how dare Jesus do some work, some healing on a Sabbath. And they're caught in the minuscule detail, and they miss the ultra glory. And that's the context that then leads into John 10 here, is Jesus then is is describing, is talking at, is, is helping us understand this pharisaical mindset that can so easily develop inside of us, which would actually rob, steal and destroy from life to the full that he's provisioned, where we'd live inside a religious cage and we would miss the life that Christ has for us, the resurrection life that we see in John 11, the sight to the blind life that we see in John 9. This is who our Jesus is. And here in these three parables, let's, let's read them together this morning from John 10, verse 1. And so there's, there's no break in, in the story from John 9. It rolls straight through. And here in, in John 10, we see the first of these parables. This is Jesus talking. He says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief. Can you say thief? And a robber. Say robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd, and here Jesus is describing himself, is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and here is probably a reference to John the Baptist, opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. Jesus would call his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. He leads them out of the sheep pen, and when he is bought, out all his own. He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They know his voice. 
but they will not follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from a stranger because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. I'm just going to pause here for a second. We would run away from a stranger's voice because we don't recognize his voice. The danger for us is when the stranger's voice becomes so normal that it's recognized maybe even more than the voice of the real shepherd. And there is a danger for us in where we tune our ear into which voice we would actually hear most strongly and which voice would call. Because if, if we let's just take a time out for a sec. Let's say you're a shepherd, you've got your sheep and, and there's your sheep pen where you bring them into at night and then you'd, you'd open the gate and, and you'd leave them out during the day. You'd go for a stroll, they'd follow, you leave them out, you, that you'd find pasture. There'd be familiar paths that you'd follow as you do this and then the sheep eat and they're good and then you'd, you'd pull them all back together again and say, come on little sheepy sheepies, follow me. You're not safe out there by yourself. You're not safe out there once it gets dark, so come back with me. And so the shepherd would bring him back in and, and put them in the pen. They would know his voice, so they would respond to his voice. Now imagine there's an illegitimate shepherd. There's a voice that is subtle but is repeated so frequently that it becomes real. And, and this, is, this is the voice of some other illegitimate shepherd who just comes up and, and stands near the fence and is like, Hey, little sheepy. You look good today. And the sheep doesn't respond to the voice. But then the next day, it's like, hey, little sheepy, I love what you've done with your wool. Uh, you just look fantastic. That, that wool thing is, is lovely. And, and uh, hey, little sheepy, why don't you forget the grass? Why don't you just try some of this bubble gum? Uh, it's, uh, and, and just this relentless little voice. And then over time, the sheep are going to get used to that voice. Just hold that in your mind for now. Jesus used this figure of speech. This is verse 6. But the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Here we go. Verse 7. This is the second parable. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate. So here we see overarching. Jesus is the shepherd, but Jesus isn't just the shepherd. Here he's also the gate. And let's not lock our Savior into a one size fits all. This is all he can be. He's just my Lord, but he's not really my healer. He's just this or, or that, that he is so more grand and magnificent than we can imagine. And here's just a, a snippet that he, he's not just the shepherd, he, he's also the gate. Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and out and find pasture. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And this is the verse where our purpose statement comes from. Jesus gives life to the full. Live it, share it. Here we flick into the, the third parable here. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says from verse 11. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks and the flock scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Jesus is your good shepherd. He's the good shepherd, your good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. And we'll 
hold it there. If we can put the, that first slide, let's just see what slides we, we have coming up here. And, and there's our purpose statement, beautiful. Uh, let's, let's keep moving. Here we go. This is, let me give a, a quick snapshot on what we have here. We, we have two different kingdoms and two different voices being demonstrated here in these, these three parables. So right in the center, we, we have the, the heartbeat of our God wanting life to the full to be ours, the life that He provisioned, the life that He purchased for us, that that would be ours, that it would be lived, experienced. And then we have this clash. And on the left side, we're going to see a clash between the kingdom of heaven and on the right, the kingdom of this world. And we see these two voices, the, the voice of the shepherd that would want to call and lead us towards life to the full and the voice of the Pharisee, the religious voice, the, the voice of this world that would want to steal, kill and destroy life to the full. It would want us to build a life, even a life that is filled with a whole lot of nice things, but it's not the kingdom centered life to the full that Christ has provisioned. It's a life that maybe looks wonderful in the here and now, but it doesn't ring true for eternity. And that's what the illegitimate voices, the illegitimate shepherds, these other voices, that's where they would want us to be so preoccupied that we'd miss. Let's, uh, let's move to the next one. Thank you. So in verse three and four, we are, oh, okay, we'll, we'll hit the, con the context first. And now that's cool. We can, we can Let's go back to that one. And so we, again, we have these, these two voices that are positioned here. We can see Jesus as shepherd. And, and if there's anything that I want you to take from today, as we launch into a decade on purpose together, is I want us to think Jesus as shepherd, he calls and he leads. And we see this right through John 10, right the essence of the word. Jesus is shepherd. He calls and he leads. You and I as sheep, our mission, our mandate is to listen and follow. Jesus calls and leads. We listen and follow. It's humbling, right? It's the way it's meant to be. Can, can, I need to hear your voice. So Jesus so calls and we good. That was a little hard for some of us to say. It's even harder for us to live. This is daily picking up our cross. This is a surrender to the things that stir in our flesh and a diving into the things that he wants to come alive in us. And what we see, we see these voices on the other side, these counterfeit voices. And it's interesting if we look at the voice of the Pharisee compared to strong voices that are alive in our world today. And, and we have a, a strong, for us here in the West, there is a strong progressive secular voice that yells loud in our direction. And it's interesting, like the Pharisee, this, this strong voice that we hear now in our society, it positions itself in the moral high ground that now above the church, that our understanding of identity, of sexuality, of how all of this works, this progressive secular sound positions itself as the ultimate moral authority and looks down upon what the Word of God would say. 
And it's, it's actually an, an unusual headspace for us to go to because that's it, flipped quite quickly in the last 20 to 30 years where the church was seen as the moral light to the world. And th that is not the case now. And there is a voice that, that comes so loud and we have to be aware. And so there is the, the voice of the Pharisee. It got preoccupied with rules and it lost the relationship. The voice we hear in our world wants so much of the fruit of the kingdom without the king. But then there's these new sounds that we would hear in this world where this, this culture is so deconstructionist that it would want to pull down that which has been without having anything decent to put in its place. So let's tear down authority structures. Let's tear down the church and the essence of that. Let's, let's break apart how we've understood humanity and roles and gender. And let's, let's try and construct something. And where are we ending up? And where is our world headed? And trying to, it's easy to have a voice that would deconstruct. It's far more difficult to build something of value. It's much easier to bag the church than to build a great one. And here we have a church that has continued to grow for five years and rise through challenge and reach out to the community relentlessly and shine the light of Christ into the suburbs that surround. And we, are, we have to, we have to keep, keep moving here. Ultimately, these voices, they want to sound more and more familiar to us. And, and the, the challenge is the voice of this world has never been more pervasive. It comes through your phone, through your iPad, through your TV. It comes into our bedrooms. It comes into the bedrooms of our kids more than ever before. It's never been so pervasive. And so there must be an intentional decision we make where we've never needed to be more intentional. But the challenge is that intentionality requires us to take some time and space, but we've never felt more busy so I don't have the time to be intentional. So we kind of get stuck in this, this vortex. This, it's like if there's a river and we're almost tumbling over and over through the river and just trying to hope we kind of make it through life and do a reasonable job. And Jesus wants to, to take us out of that space. And if we're going down the river, He wants us in the inflatable raft thing with him in the river. If we're having a picnic on the side, he wants to be there right in the middle with us so that he is so close so we can hear his call. We can see him lead because we are listening and we're ready to follow. Let's hit the next slide. Thanks, guys. In the first parable, we see in verses three and four that there is a pathway that, that is created. And as I talked about earlier, you see that there is the, the voice of the shepherd would come to us and he leads us in and out. He calls his own sheep by name. It's interesting that the, the shepherd, he calls us by name because he, he cares about you. The voice of this world, it actually calls us according to our feelings because that's a powerful little emotive response that we get in that world of feelings. But there's, there's a pathway that's created as the shepherd leads us in and out. Again, the sheep pen, he leads us out. We get some food. We 
get our movement, we do all those things, and then he, he leads us back in. There's a pathway. And there would be, the shepherd would have a routine that he would take the sheep on. So there'd be a certain time of the morning, typically, that he would get them up and, and they would get out and they would go out and they would find food and then they'd follow familiar paths and, and do familiar things. And then he would lead them back in at a certain time. It's getting dark. You need to, you need to get back in. And an encouragement I have for all of us, as again, as, we, as we're talking over the next few months about a decade on purpose, is to go this decade, starting right here, right now, what are some patterns that the good shepherd wants to create or bolster in me that help lead me towards life to the full. Because I think there are some of us and it's the morning where we need a little bit of bolstering. So what's your habit first thing when you wake up in the morning? What's your pattern? Just as the good shepherd would lead the sheep out and go get some food. What, what are the first things you do in the morning? And is there space for us to listen and follow first thing in the morning and set our day on track that we would make a decision? I'm following the voice of the good shepherd. I'm following where he leads. And there's some time for his word to come alive inside of us. The discipline of I have wheat picks pretty much every day. I don't really enjoy them that much, but they apparently are reasonably good for me. And it's just easy, and it's, and it's what I do. Sometimes the Bible is a bit like that. Sometimes it doesn't feel like you're eating a Krispy Kreme donut. It's more like wheat bix and sometimes it's like wheat bix without milk. But it's still nourishing and feeding. And obviously it's far more glorious. I don't want to dial down the glory of the Word of God. But we have to be real about our human condition, right? I don't think I've met anyone who wakes up in the morning, every morning of their life, and is just so pumped to get into the Word and read Leviticus. <laughs> oh, this is glory. Let him lead. Let's follow on his pathways. And you can, there's so much, sorry, I don't have time to really go there. Let, let's just quickly hit the next one and I'll have to wrap things together. You can actually go back. If this is kind of raising some curiosity in you, uh, you can check out the HH podcast from, I think, last, last Sunday. And I, I go through this in a little more, a little more detail. In the, in the second parable, it talks about Jesus leading us to pasture. And any good shepherd needs to lead his sheep to food. Or they're going to cark it. You don't eat, you die. And so sheep are pretty keen on getting that grass. They just want to get their grass. So a good shepherd is going to do that. And our good shepherd wants to relentlessly lead us towards good food. Food that would nourish our soul and our spirit. Food that would cause a strength to rise within us. And, and there's, there's a challenge that I think we all have here, which looms so large, and we have to be really honest about ourselves. You see, if we're really going to listen and follow, we have to relentlessly, daily ask ourselves some tough questions. Am I making time to listen to the voice of the shepherd? Am I following? And, and I think not just asking ourselves, but asking a more mature Christian, 
can sometimes give us some insight that we do and don't want all at the same time. Because we're built for community. Sheep are built for community. That you get a sheep by themselves, that is nice tucker for the wolf. That's his dream come true. We need each other, baby. And so sometimes the voice of the shepherd is heard through one of the other sheep, where you're starting to get off course and they just kind of bang you back on course because you're about to fall off a cliff. We need each other. So let's be, again, humble enough to, to ask and, and work together. And, and here's... Here's a challenge for us is there is, there is pasture which is provision. There's an energy. And I, I know what it feels like to be in this place. And I see so many Christians get stuck in this place where it could be something like this. I, I just don't really have enough energy to do the God stuff as much as I'd like to. I... I'm just so busy and full. And when I get home from work, I'm tired. And, and I just can't kind of... And so here, that would be a common statement that whether it's said explicitly or whether it's hinted at in conversation. And what that should be for us, if we ever hear ourselves going there, that should be the biggest alarm bell in the sky that we haven't listened and followed to go to pasture. So we're lacking the energy because we're not getting the food. And you know what it's like if you haven't eaten and your tummy's grumbling and you can't be bothered and you get all lethargic. But there is a food He wants us to feast on, the food of His Word, the food of worship and community, where there would be an energy with inside of us. Because the challenge we have with our world, as you can see point three here, is there is a food that the world provides and it's like an opiate. It numbs our senses towards the things of God. And if, we're, if we ever get stuck going, I need three hours TV, Netflix, social media each day to relax and kind of get my fill and my me time, but I've only got kind of room for maybe five or ten minutes with God, what it shows us is that the voice of the illegitimate shepherd has become so familiar and then the patterns we've created in our lives have become so unhealthy. And on the surface, we may look like many other Christians, but there's not a fire on the inside where we've eaten what He's wanting us to eat and been filled and refreshed by the pasture that He wants to lead us to, where we would then wake up in the morning with a passion and a purpose to live for Him. And it's like this motor is fueling on the inside because we've eaten what He wants us to and then it's His life growing. And then it, it multiplies. And it's not an opiate that the world would want where we become numb to the things of God and the Bible becomes more and more bland where church becomes a little more, every two or three weeks is fine, where, where this or, or that or flows then into every part of our lives, where that voice, we start to hear that voice for what it is and then retrain the patterns in our lives to go, maybe I don't need three hours listening to the world every day on whatever your kind of panacea, whatever your opiate of choice is, whether it's the three glasses of wine after work each night, whether it's the, the time, again, watching 
TV and that's just become the pattern of what we do. And whatever that kind of is, if we settle into that place, let this be a moment where we make a choice to make a change, to let the life that Christ provisioned, that He went to the cross to give His all so His life would be alive in us, that we are built, human beings are built to live with passion and purpose. And inside of us is there's this hunger that there would be a passion and a purpose that we would live in line with that shapes eternity. And nothing can satisfy than like living in that place because that is doing life with our God. As He calls, as He leads, this is us listening and following and this is who we are called to be. And my dream for myself is that I could live this more and more. I'm not at a point of perfection in my sheepness. Sometimes I hear the voice of the shepherd and I don't do what it said, what he said. You know what I'm saying, right? Sometimes I don't want to hear the voice of the shepherd because I want to do what I want to do. And we have to remind ourselves Do I want the life that I can generate that affects the world in the way that I can affect the world? Or do I want to live a glorious reality that the King of all kings has created, that he gave his life to open a doorway where I could commune with God, his power and purpose alive with inside of us. And that is where we are designed to live. And my heart for us across our five locations is that we would make a choice here and now, and maybe it's a choice you've made, you're making again, or maybe really this is even just going to be the first time where you go, wow, okay, I, I'm making a decision. I want to hear the voice of the shepherd and I want to follow Jesus. And this is what it is to be a Christian, right? Jesus, I want you as my God. Lead me, guide me across all of our locations as we do that, as we dive in and do wonderful sometimes and mess it up other times, but relentlessly choose to stay on the journey with the Good Shepherd, then over this next decade, we are going to see some of the glorious provision that He has purposed for us unfold. Some of the things we've been dreaming for and believing for, because He wants to lead us to those places. Can you close your eyes just where you are? Lord, I thank you that you are the Good Shepherd. Lord, would you help me, would you help each and every one of us to be the sheep that you've called us to be? God, we see that you are glorious, that you are grand, that you made a way and we want to follow you in that way. Lord, let us hear your call again as you call us by name. Lord, let your call be heard. Lord, and help us to humble ourselves, to surrender, that we would listen and we would follow. God, where we've listened to the other voices, the voice of this culture, the voice of this world, and where we've built habits that are less than what you're calling. Lord, would there be a point of revelation for us and a choice that we would make to reframe, to create holy habits, holy patterns that honour you, that follow you, to the provision that you want to give. Lord, would you be glorified again in our lives? God, would you continue to come in glory into this beautiful church community? God, we thank you that 
you would call others to come in. Lord, to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, to be a part of this flock, to grow mature and wise and be plugged into the community. God, we thank You that Your beautiful voice would be heard here in this church again and again and again. Your voice that calls us to freedom. Lord, Your voice that causes blind eyes to be opened. God, Your voice that calls for resurrection life to be alive inside of us. So God, come in power, we pray. And we commit the future of this church, of these people to You. We're Yours, God. We're here for You, O oh God. We're here for You. Amen. 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 Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.